Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and we're going to continue in the book of Job. We're up to Job chapter 40 and I'm going to read from verse 15 through to the end of chapter 40. So it's Job 40 starting to read at verse 15. Look at the beer moth which I made along with you, and which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength he has in his loins, what power in the muscles of his belly. His tail sways like a cedar, the sinews of his thighs are close-knit, his bones are tubes of bronze, his limbs like rods of iron. He ranks first among the work of God, yet his maker can approach him with the sword, with his sword. The hills bring him their produce, and all the wild animals play nearby under the lotus plant. He lies hidden among the reeds in the marsh. The lotus conceal him in their shadow. The poplars by the stream surround him. When the river rages, he's not alarmed. He is secure, though the Jordan should surge against his mouth. Can anyone capture him by the eyes or trap him and pierce his nose? Well, let's pray together. Father, we acknowledge before you that this is a difficult passage to understand, but we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit you will open it up to us so we can see what the real meaning is behind what you are saying to Job. We thank you that this is you who are speaking, uh, and we acknowledge that what you are saying is your word, and it is true, and it is a word that can be trusted. And our Father, we just pray that you will help us to see this as we consider these things together in your presence this evening, as we do this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, we've come to this passage of Joel where we have here mentioned the behemoth and we probably have very often wonder, wondered what this is all about. Well, hopefully we're going to see this evening a little bit more and understand a little bit more of what God is saying here. Remembering that it's God who is speaking. God is speaking to Job, but he's also speaking to us. You know, as summer approaches, the good weather can bring a danger that is not always seen. Water-filled quarries, lakes and canals might carry a warning notice. Danger, deep water. And the most vulnerable are the children, some of whom can't read. And those who can read, although they've been alerted to the danger, and despite the warning, some will still be tempted to jump in. You know, even strong swimmers need to be aware of the dangers that an apparently calm sea can hold both below and above its surface. And some of those dangers are so overpowering that the result is death. Picture the two-year-old child in the park standing at the edge of the lake feeding the ducks. That child has no concept of the danger that is just one step away. Let's go back to Job. Job doesn't need an explanation in order to understand why he's suffering. But what he does need to know is how powerful the enemy is. You know, last week I quoted 1 Corinthians 15 verse 26. And these were the words, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. We need to think about this and we'll probably revert refer to them again a little bit later but you know death is the result of sin 
This is how serious sin is. You know, we can use other words to describe it, but they won't remove the seriousness of its effect. Just as using euphemisms with when we, we, we speak of death, those words won't hide what death really is. Paul tells us in Romans 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. And the truth is, we ourselves have no power over the end result of sin. And yet, so many ignore the signs, such as those who ignore the signs that say, danger, deep water. How deep is the water? But what Job is about to be told. And within this passage, and in this explanation, it will be done in a very graphic way. God will use references to the, the behemoth and the Leviathan. And the Lord is going to show Job how fearful and powerful evil is. And Job needs to know that he can't defeat this enemy on his own. At this point, I want to just pause for a few moments because we need to take this time to remind ourselves of some important things that we've already learned from this book of Job. And we need to do this before we listen to the things that the Lord will say, things that are meant to strike fear in our hearts as he speaks about the power of evil. Job will also learn that where there is no apparent hope, hope will come. And the hope will come from the one who is more powerful, the one who has this fearful enemy on a leash, an enemy who will finally be defeated. Now we know that God has allowed Job to be put into the hands of the evil one. We also know this. We know that Job is a righteous man. We know that Job is suffering. But we also know that Job is not suffering for his sin. But it is sin that is causing his suffering. Job and his friends cannot understand why he, Job, is suffering. This is because of their lack of knowledge. That lack that is preventing them from understanding. So they lean on their own understanding and come up with wrong conclusions. His friends think that Job is being punished because of his sin, his sin, his personal sin. And, and Job knows that he, he hasn't sinned, so he can't understand why he, a righteous man, should be punished. When we go back to that verse in 1 Corinthians, the last enemy to be defeated is death. Now the victory was won when God allowed another righteous man to suffer, not for his sins, but it was sin that caused him to suffer. It was our sin, it was your sin, and it was my sin that caused Jesus to suffer. 
There's a verse in Hebrews, uh, verse 14 of chapter 2. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. I want you to remember that phrase. The one who holds the power of death, and that is, the devil. So let's just briefly go back to the two-year-old child that we left in the park standing by the lake. How do you explain to that child how dangerous the water is in a way that they would be able to understand? To be able to understand things that really are beyond their imagination. That water can be far more dangerous than they can ever imagine. So what is it that the Lord is about to say to Job? Well, look at it this way. This is what God is going to say to Job. Job, you're suffering for something that is beyond your capacity to understand. So I will show you something of the great danger that you are in. I will show you the powerful hands of the enemy. The enemy who has you in his grip. Job, you won't know why I'm allowing this to happen. But you will see how great my power is. When I rescue you and set you free, and you will know what and who it is that I have freed you from. So he wants Job to know the depth of the things that he is involved in, the strength of the power of the one who, yes, let's be honest, has Job in his hands, because God has allowed Satan to do this to Job. Satan is the evil one. So how how will the Lord do this? He'll do it by showing Job things that Job already knows about. He's going to show him something that is powerful. Job knows it's powerful. He's going to show him something that is unbeatable. Job knows it's unbeatable. And he's going to show him something that is beyond his control. Something that will strike fear in his heart if he ever came face to face with it. So we come to those verses that we read together. And I just want us to think about these verses this evening to help us understand these things. So Job 40 verse 15 through to 24. And I've I've headed this. Evil must be feared. It's there. And we need to know how powerful it is. So let me just read through these verses first and then we look at them together. Verse 15. Look at Behemoth, which I made along with you, and which feeds on grass like an ox. What strength it has in its loins, what power in the muscles of its belly. Its tail sways like a cedar. The sinews of its thighs are close-knit. Its bones are tubes of bronze, its limbs like rods of iron. It ranks first among the works of God, yet its maker can approach it with his sword. The hills bring in their produce, and in and all the wild animals play nearby. Under the lotus plant it lies, hidden among the reeds in the marsh. The lotus conceals it in their shadow, the poplars by the streams surround it. A raging river doesn't alarm it. It's secure. 
though the Jordan should surge against its mouth. Can anyone capture it by the eyes or trap it and pierce its nose? You see, these words are the words that, and the words that, that follow that we'll look at next week are words that should cause us to be afraid. The bear moth. What do we know about it? Well, we know what we've been told. So Job 40 verse 15, and God says to Job, he asks him to look at the bear moth. He says, look at bear moth, which I made along with you, and which feeds on grass like an ox. So we know it's some kind of animal that Job knows. We know that it's a powerful, fearful and uncontrollable animal and Job knows what it is. Now, I don't know what it is. Is it a hippopotamus or a rhinoceros? I don't know whether it's an animal that is extinct or if it's roaming about in some uncharted deep forest. We could spend time talking about this and coming up with what we think the beer moth is. But all I need to know is that it is fearful and uncontrollable. Now think about this. If someone said to me that their garden shed was as big as a double-decker bus, the subject of the conversation is not the double-decker bus. It's the size of the shed. That's important. And once I understand that, the illustration of the bus has served its purpose. You see, all I need to know about it is that it's big. And in order for me to understand this, I don't need to know what colour the bus is. I don't need to know what the number of the bus route is. I don't need to know how many people it can carry or, or does it have a conductor as well as a driver. I don't need to know those things in order to understand what's being said. The subject is the shed and its size. And the subject here in these verses for Job and for us is the power of this, this, this beast and what the illustration represents is that its overpowering strength is beyond Job's control and is beyond our control. I remember that the conversation that's happening here when God is speaking to Job. He, he has moved through some material things. He's spoken about nature and the animals and about the sky and the stars. And he's moving from the material into the spiritual. This is the important thing. So this reminds us again of a verse we've looked at before, a verse that we are very familiar with and that we read very often and we quote very often, but do we really understand the depth and the meaning of it? It's Ephesians 6 verse 12. For our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As I mentioned, we can read this verse many times and not realize that these are the things that the Lord is telling Job about. And we, like Job, need to know that what God is talking about 
is more powerful than we think they are. In Job 40 verse 8 through to 14, and we've looked at this passage and if you want to turn back to it and, and read through it, you'll find there that the Lord says to Job, if you think you can do better than me, take up all the power that you think you have. Put on the uniform that you think you need to wear. Look at the proud and the wicked and see if you can pass sentence on the evil that's in this world and that is beyond. And if you can do it, then do it. But first, let me tell you, that this evil that you would have to face is far more powerful than you can imagine. It is way above your fighting weight. The Lord has given Job the opportunity to think about the absurdity of what he has been saying. And now he's going to show Job just how big a task it is to be able to bring about justice. And the Lord will do it by showing Job how powerful the enemy is. So let's look at those verses again that we've read together. Verse 15. Look at Behemoth which I made along with you and which feeds on grass like an ox. What this is saying is that, look, Job, you know about this. And at first glance, it might appear to be harmless. Then we go to verse 16. What strength it has in its loins. What power in the muscles of its belly. You see, Job knows that it's strong and he knows that it's powerful. Then we read on. Its tail sways like a cedar. The sinews of its thigh are close-knit, its bones are tubes of bronze, its limbs like rods of iron. You see, this is an illustration. It's drawing a picture of something that Job knows to emphasize its strength and its power. And he's telling him, Job, look, you know that this is well-equipped for the purpose for which it was made. And then he goes on, it ranks first among the works of God, yet its maker can approach you with his sword. Well, what God is saying here, Job, you know that even this animal, no man can defeat it, but only God has the capacity to do that. And he says the hills bring in their produce and all the wild animals play nearby. This thing that he's talking about, it's alive. It, it, it lives among other dangerous things. Under the lotus plant it lies hidden, among the reeds in the marsh, the locusts conceal it, their shadow, the, conceal it in their shadow, the poplars by the stream surround it. You see, this thing that God is talking about, when he's using this illustration of the beer moth, is something that's always there. It's not always seen, but it's near. Then he goes on, a raging river doesn't harm it, it's secure, though the Jordan would surge against its mouth. You see, nothing can stop it. And verse 24, could anyone capture it by the eyes or trap it and pierce its nose? In other words, Job, can you control it? Job, can anyone control it? 
You see, this behemoth is an illustration of something to be feared over which we have no control. What it represents does need to be controlled. Justice must be done. And when it comes to administering justice, Job has suggested that he could do it better than God could. Cast your mind back to Job 24 verse 1. Job said, Why does the Almighty not set times for judgment? Why must those who know him look in vain for such days? You see, Job's suffering has far deeper implications than he could ever imagine. The sovereignty of God is being challenged by Satan in the heavenly realms. Job has doubted the wisdom of God's justice by telling the Lord that he thinks it's unfair for him, a righteous man, to suffer at the hands of a just God. It was unfair. It was also unfair that another righteous man, Jesus, had to suffer at the hands of a just God, the one who is his heavenly Father. I want to bring these things to, to a close now as we just consider them together and hope that we're getting more of an understanding of what is actually being said here and not to be sidetracked about wondering what the behemoth was. We only need to know that it was something that Job knew was powerful and beyond his control, and God is using that as an illustration. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21 to 22. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. You know, the darker you see the darkness is, the brighter we know the light is. So what is the behemoth a representation of? Well, a behemoth is the undefeatable enemy. The undefeatable enemy is death. 1 Corinthians 15.26 The last enemy to be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians 15.55 Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Well, next week, we're going to have a look at the Leviathan. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this short time again that we spent around your word and <clears throat> this passage which very often when we read it confuses us and we don't really see what or hear what you're saying and very often when that happens we get led away down a, a side path worrying about, well, what is this behemoth? What kind of animal is it? Was it a hippopotamus? Was it a dragon? Was it a... Lord, it, it, just show us that it's that which is powerful and beyond our control, but which is completely in your control. And we thank you for that this evening. And we do this in the name of Jesus. Amen.